so what flavors of ketchup do you have here? Just ketchup. And what what do you what do you call it? We call, we call it ketchup. ketchup. Yeah. yeah. See, we have HP sauce. What? And we call tomato ketchup red sauce, red sauce and brown sauce. What's the difference? It just just color. No, it's totally different. Really? Yeah, it's a whole different thing. This isn't real. This isn't real. All right. <laughs> you didn't think that was the intro, did you? I it wasn't sure. set up to be that. It, but it, it worked okay. I, I didn't hate it. That's our intro. What do we got today? We have quite a bit to talk about. I'll start with IKEA. Mm. They have announced today, this came through Lucy, Lucy Taylor, our teammate in the UK. Uh, IKEA are continuing with their pilot of running a, a recycling store, essentially a thrift store for furniture. IKEA launched it in Sweden last year as a test. Really? You're going to love this, Mr. Professor of Innovation, oh. because they wanted to learn what happened to their furniture. They tried it as a learning exercise, just how does the furniture come back? What's damaged? What throws away? They have a commitment in 10 years that all of their products are going to be either of recycled or renewable materials. That's one hell of a goal for like somebody that builds, let's just say, less than well, you know, amazing furniture. Okay, high I'm volume. glad you went there. And they, but but it, it's more the pilot that I thought was interesting, which is they've made a profit from it. And they're not just selling their own furniture. They, they've said it's a corporation getting into the thrift business. Yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting that they went for it for one learning, uh, owning the fact they learned some other things. Yeah. And we're just doing it rather than, you know, issuing papers about it. I really like that as as a product development experience. What, what actually makes it back to us? What lasts long enough to end up back in our store? Yeah. And where was the wear and tear? Where were the damage points? Like From a product design perspective, it's really cool to put some long tail on learning how it actually The Swedes also, I'm, I'm almost certain it's the Swedes that do this. Uh, they, they give you tax credits for fixing your existing materials. So if you fix your washing machine instead of buying a new washing machine, mm. you get a tax credit for it. So really? there's a, and it's increasingly becoming fashionable as well to like hold on to your stuff. And I, I wonder if that isn't part of, but it affects GDP. So this is this is Bobby Kennedy's great speech, mm -hmm. which was, you know, if you are run over in the street and an ambulance comes for you, that actually increases GDP. We measure that as an improvement in our standard of livings, which of course it isn't. Um, and how do you move to something else? So all of these initiatives actually reduce quote economic growth but improve the state of our society. So immediately, and I don't know what this says about how I'm wired, I, I think about the tax credit for a repair. If I were the repairman, I'd mark up the repairs. I, I would mark up the repair knowing that you're going to get a discount so I can charge a little bit more. Yeah. It's like the insurance system. Well, but maybe that helps America. because you've got, to, you've got to fund the repair. Imagine uh, trying to get your laundry machine repaired today. Mm -hmm. It'd be almost impossible to find somebody to do that. Yeah, I had to fix mine the other day. Well, that's an even myself. more terrifying thought. Well, it is. Yeah. That's why I smell. Okay. Right All right. On to other, other changes. I, I'm not going to talk about you. <laughs> I, I am going to talk about, though. Um, I, was sat with, I was sat with Alan Dow in a bar. Alan Dow, for those of you, well, everybody knows him. So, Dr. Professor Alan Dow. Mm -hmm. We sat in a bar last week going over some materials, and there was a, a VHS copy of Titanic on a shelf in this. It was a little um, uh, Vietnamese place. Yeah. And it it wasn't, it was Thai. Oh God, so culturally insensitive. 
It was a Thai place. I didn't eat. I drank beer. You should have seen I was your drinking face. American beer. Yeah, okay. It's a Thai place. And they had two VHS copies of Titanic. Well, it wasn't. It was chapter one and chapter two because Titanic is so long and horrifically boring. But the VHS cassette was on the uh, desk yeah, table. Right. And Alan said, that's a fucking fungible token over there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's so interesting. And it led to the conversation around, is NFTs going to lead actually to a backlash, which is to own the actual physical thing that won't be destroyed in nuclear annihilation. Um, and it reminded me, uh, several years ago, I was in Tokyo with working on a project, and I caught up with an old friend of mine who we lived together during university, yeah. uh, Kaz, Kazuhiro Shimada. And he, at the time, was one running Universal Music Group Japan. Mm -hmm. And he talked about this, I think it's still true today, is that Japanese always listened to digital music, were way ahead on the digital music, but would still purchase the CD. So you purchase the CD, you put it on the shelf of your small apartment, mm -hmm. but you listen digitally, but you need the artifact to have possession of the thing. I don't think it was showing off. I don't think it was a... It would almost be like buying the paper copy of the book and then listening to the audio book. But the book I, that we, we ought to go deeper there at some point. Like I would love, I for the first time, don't. there's no theory for that. I don't <laughs> do have you need to go look up a theory to I explain I do need to look up a theory. I'll be back to you next right. week. No, but I, I find that vinyl... Vinyl is heading that way. Your daughter's. Yeah, so with what's happening with vinyl? Why why do my kids want to be in a vinyl store and they've never they wouldn't I there's something tactile about it, it is that there's the live music experience yeah. and and that's very real. And then there's this digital music experience and the what I find at least is the way that albums were compiled or designed yeah. were to run from track one all the way through however many uh, tracks on it. But it was this um, uh, it was a, a, a real experience going through the album in the way that the artist defined. Mm -hmm. And now we have shifted almost all of our energy to singles. Right, like a, a an album oh, is yeah. comprised of singles now because of the compensation method of Apple Music or Spotify, etc. And there used to be these compilations of of music that was uh, theatric and took you on an experience mm -hmm. and a journey. And we don't have that anymore. And so the era where that was how music, how we oriented to making albums, uh, I think we find in vinyl, we find in CDs, cassettes somewhere in between the two. Uh, but we kind of lose that listen front to back because it was put together in an order intentionally. You were supposed to listen to it this way. Oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, but, I was but, like, but, oh, did I miss something? Um, no, that's, that's how Who was it we recently? Were. Wasn't it Adele asked if people would listen to the album in order? I, I believe like, there it was. was a sequence yeah. to it. I, um, I used to work with this, I used to be a business partner with this incredible woman, Kirsten Cluthy, um, who was had grew up sort of in the music scene music industry still does i think i think she works on podcasts about the music industry but she would talk about uh, b-side experiences mm. she'd create client experiences that she labeled b-sides they were sort of the equivalent to the other side of the single yeah, the single you're, you were, you're the, the thing now. you were meant to find yep. but you know wasn't what you're purchasing for i thought i always thought that was a beautiful idea yeah, and, you know, I, I find now that music uh, follows the same kind of trends as fast fashion, like just more volume, shorter playtime. It's the digital experience we have in Twitter and 140 characters. Yeah. Like we've just minimized and minimized and minimized the 
art that people put out so we can consume them at the pace that we try to do things today. I like the idea of slowing down and going uh, analog again. Yeah, but on that note, I can I talk so about how Taylor that. Swift is destroying the moral souls of my children? Hmm. Because Tell I'm a big more. fan of, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Swifty. Okay. Actually, I, I told the kids <laughs> that when I pick them up, they think that I'm always listening to a podcast and mm -hmm. then they put on Taylor Swift. But I explained to them, actually, I was listening to Taylor Swift the whole time, rocking out. And then I put on a podcast so they don't know. And that may be true. The, but the um, Taylor Swift does not need our endorsement. So Taylor, she, <laughs> yes, she, she really does. She does not. Which is one of the reasons I approve of the girls being big fans of, okay. of Taylor Swift. But Elizabeth, my girlfriend and partner, his, it has tickets to go see Taylor Swift. Really? And I've noticed so does my partner. that the girls started wishing for Elizabeth's friends who are going with her to become sick so that they can go in their place. But I, I feel like it's also drifting to their stepmom. I, I feel it's drifting to they would, they're sort of wishing for Elizabeth to come down with something pretty bad. So they're, And they're willing to throw each other under the bus as well to oh, go. Like there's, I, there's just a kind of venom there that I've never seen We may seen be able to kids. work something out on this one. I might right. have somebody who has if an you've got, ticket. If you got, hey, Uncle, Uncle Ace's Ace might come through on this one. Rocket there through that. They, I'm really hoping that Coco, if you're listening to this, this is not a promise from your Uncle Ace or you, Kate. It is just he's rummaging on things. Okay. Um, I, staying with tangible. Staying with tangible. Do you subscribe to any print magazines? I do not. Are you tempted, though? No. Should I be? I, well, so well, let's just park this 12 months from now. This is a bit of an experiment on Envoy Recorded Radio because I recently, or we did at the firm, moved from the digital subscription to The Economist to the print. Oh, my word, I love it. Just you, love it. You were walking love around it. with an yeah. economist today. I sit on planes and I, I, over the past few weeks, and I pulled out a copy of The Economist, and people sort of look at me. It's like, what is he doing? And then and the, as you flip and you scribble. Not for regular news. I wouldn't actually buy a newspaper. I wouldn't buy the New York Times. Maybe mm -hmm. the New York Times on Sunday in print. But that, that feels very – but where you – where it's not – close to real-time news and you want some analysis of it, the ability to... And I was wondering, I saw the other day that Elle, the, the women's magazine, has a front cover series of Ukrainian fighters, women oh, fighters, okay. and it's doing a cover series around that. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I thought it was really interesting. But then I'm like, but that, that's one of those magazines that needs to be lying around. Not, it, it's, it's a trip-over thing that you should see. Yeah. And then the space you built upstairs, right above the studio, yeah. you've placed a copy of Life magazine, like right at the I center of it. There's uh, Vogue up there. Yeah. There's a couple kinfolks. Like, so I, no, I don't subscribe to a physical magazine. I, I find that back to pace of things, it's life moves so quickly. <laughs> I'm catching digital updates, et cetera. Yeah. But the physical, tangible, slow down and really properly digest information, I find that I print um, academic journals in the same way. So when I'm on a plane, you're reading The Economist like a nerd. I'm reading some theory of innovation or something. Also like a nerd, but like I have a folder. I remember my um, my my former chief of staff would print and just put on for, for reading on the plane mm. and would put it in yeah. a folder and I'd have two or three articles that I hadn't gotten through, but would mark in the margins and I still have them in my file cabinet. And that feels so old and antiquated, but there's something to like sit with and 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 be physical about 
Can we talk about physical like gifts and things? Let's continue on this yeah. thread. Okay. I have a thing sitting on the podcast table in front of me. I don't I don't know if we're going to go all the way, but it arrived on my doorstep on Friday. Okay. On Friday, I got a note from a buddy of mine who runs an experiential uh, design firm. Said uh, Asus box came. Well, from that the sounds land. bullshit already. Experiential design. No, but it's okay. Ace, this box came from sitting the land in Richmond and say you run an experiential design firm is like sitting in Washington D.C. and say you work for the CIA. Like it's just yeah, okay. Sure. Uh, well, let's experience his design before you tear it to pieces, Scott. <laughs> I'm sure he's a great person. Uh, Ace, this box came from the land of Genesee. He's from Rochester. I used to live in Buffalo, okay. so there's a nod to some really shit beer from up north. Uh, one way, one day we'll be on the same plane. We've yet to be in the same sky lounge together, but we're often crossing each other. So it's a box. It, it was like put together with the tape from his uh, like branded tape because people have that. And it's a Toyo toolbox, which is a T320 made in Japan. Um, I'm opening the box and it's it's really cool. It's a little like physical latch. You probably heard that. Here, I'll latch it again. Boom. Unlatch the toy box. And I open it up, and it says, no hot ashes, a gift for you, follow the instructions printed on the back. I flip it over, and it says, remove foam, matches, and lighter to reveal flash paper. Remove tray with flash paper. Fold corner of paper, ignite corner, reveal the magic. And then it's got a branded matchbox and a branded Zippo in here. And I think this is super cool. And then you remove the foam from the tray, and there is a little, uh, there's a little flash paper. Perry, are we, are we filming? Do We're we, doing video, right? We have the flash paper. Okay. Okay, are we capturing on, on just, just for a second before you do anything? What? The ridiculous look on your face <laughs> of just how excited. If anybody, if anybody like me thinks experiential marketing is nonsense, it is designed for the Ace Colwoods. Of, oh, you're excited. About, I've just seen the matches. Describe the matches. The matches. Are they regular are, matches, Ace? I don't, are they just normal matches or are they slightly they, different? They look, they look different. They're probably just normal what matches. Co- what color painted. are they? They're all brown. Yeah. Um, but like a dark. Looks, it looks like yeah. rich mahogany. Yeah. It's probably not. It's probably just if, painted. If, if there was a little note in there that said homeless kindergartners had hand-painted those matches, would you love it? You, you would, Probably, you? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm yeah. a total sucker. Okay. Um, they're extra long matches. Are we going to set fire to it now? We are. All we're right. going to set fire to it now. So courtesy of In a highly flammable sound studio, Ian and we're no going to set matches. fire to. I've just, I'm almost All right. lit. Right. So the camera's oh. cool. <laughs> 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 It's burning. Can you hear that? Oh. And underneath, there is, there is a, a QR, QR code. code. We've just smoked ourselves out of the podcast suite. Um, Fire alarms are going off. There is a QR code. Um, and the QR code takes you to... Do you know where it goes? You don't? I don't. I okay. don't actually know how it goes. It, it says If play. it just said you're a sucker for marketing gimmicks, nothing would make me happy. AR requires access to device motion sensors. Continue. All right. And allow. And now... We can play a game. It's a, lo- a minute-long game. Things are heating up. Guide both players at once to a flame to extinguish it. Oh, this is cool. So there's a VR game. There's a flame in here. And you have and to put that out. both players to it. I love Yeah, okay. It. We've, okay. We've, got a, we've got a show to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for those of you who are CMOs and you wonder about the budget that you spent on uh, very gimmicky marketing projects they yeah. they work they, it's not gimmicky actually like this me. is very well done i will say it's, it's, it's pretty. very well done and there's a small chance we're stealing things from this idea in you know terms, it does smell very smoky in here though it's fine <laughs> inhale it 
<laughs> so they um Oh, on that note, so Ashley, who runs Haymaker Goods, you know, because you work with her every single day. I don't know why I'm explaining that to you. So she makes uh, physical media and products. She wanted me to say the piece that you said about uh, Poppins last week, and we wish people to come in. To paraphrase her, she said, if Ace Cole just walks through my door, (laughs) I'm going to kill him. (laughs) So not everybody's on side. That got a seal of approval from Perry. Not everybody's on side with her argument that people should, you know, just pop in. You need to text ahead if you're visiting Ashley. I mean, look, I hear that everybody has their preferences. I just think we miss the connective tissue of community, not walking by the house, being out on our front porch and like, Hanging out with people. We, we've gotten to a place where we are overscheduled and we miss some uh, connection that way. And I think real intentional connection. I think, I think if we're doing this pilot in uh, a country other than the United States, that would make a lot of sense. But just a reminder that Ashley does have her concealed carry permit and the risk <laughs> that you take just walking into her home is pretty high. Oh, I would never. All right. Uh, okay. C- cinema. Let's mm. move from magazines to film. Let's. So there is a cinema chain that I didn't make the effort to write the name <laughs> down of. Okay. Somebody Google it. That has introduced varied cinema ticket pricing. Oh. So not just time of day, but where you sit in the cinema. And it's causing outrage. You must have a theory for this somewhere. But in the United States, we refer to cinemas as theaters. And in the stage theater, nobody has an objection to different ticket prices to go see a, a concert or a play. But apparently in cinemas, it's ca- causing outrage. People believe you should just pay the same price regardless of where you sit, whether you have the same view or not. Well, that is... A- oh, God, it's going to be you, isn't it? I thought this was just one we agree on. I don't it's like an easy, it's it's not an easy not, one. Well, just because I was People schooling up fight doesn't mean I d- agree or disagree. There is not a chance in that if we can show this video clip, your posture that you're about to agree with me. You've just rolled up your sleeve. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, 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 no. There, right. What I was going to say is I could understand people being upset about it just all of those tells you took the pencil from your ear, raised your cap and then leaned into the microphone. But you're going to agree with me. I'm going to I'm to <laughs> aggressively agree with that. Right. People are up in arms about it, and it's a function of privilege. It, it's, this is actually a DEI conversation. No, about cinemas. It's always a DEI conversation. Right. Yeah, because we have acclimated to a way that things are, and if we feel like we're getting something or importantly losing something so it's part psychology of saving somebody is taking a thing away from us it's part i've always had it this way and my access shouldn't be impeded and i'm losing my rights etc but it's this thing at the from a behavioral economic standpoint at the movie theater level is similar to the hyperpolarization of politics we're seeing in the macro it's the the world is shifting and my ability to operate in the way that I always have is changing and I'm probably going to hate it. It's not to say that you might be relegated to the corner of the movie theater because you don't have as much money or you can sit in the middle of the movie theater because you have more money than somebody else. It's this idea that um, somebody is changing a thing. And we haven't taken into consideration that the economics of movie theaters are also changing. And so there's this uh, general public up outrage about a thing that seems very practical and probably makes a ton of sense from a business perspective. So part of it's 
things are changing. I don't like it. Part of it is, am I privileged and do I have to be confronted with that and something as benign as a movie theater? But I think mostly it's the average citizen, I don't know, doesn't but, really but fully what explains back to, back to your theories. What explains yeah. that people are completely comfortable migrating, saying, hey, Netflix comes on DVDs and I don't have to go to the movie theater to see that. Oh, now Netflix is all digital streaming. I can stay at home. People haven't pushed back against that. Is it just because it's easier and it's I get more? It's when you're taking when you're receiving less than you're accustomed to that there is that outrage. Yes, when yeah. it's okay. less than what so it's accustomed to for sure. Okay. Yeah. So if, if if Netflix suddenly went back to DVDs, it would be like charging for seats and so on. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't I have an uplift to this strategy. Okay. Which is inspired by how much I hate South by Southwest. Ah. So the. What they do, you, you know this because you've, you've spoken at South by several times. Mm -hmm. So do you remember this? It's like Space Invaders. So you go in to deliver your talk at, at South by. Yeah. And everybody sits at the back yep. because terror that you might be rubbish. <laughs> and so everybody leaves to go find something they else. They need to right? be able to, the path of escape. Yeah, you need path of escape. Yeah. But if you're not rubbish, then the opposite happens because people need to photograph you, steal your material, tweet about your Instagram. So they start, during your talk, start moving, moving forward. forward. It's right. like space invaders, yep. like little things. And do, 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 right? Yep. So, but, so what if you go into the cinema and you think, I'm not sure this movie is very good. Like, but I want to go to the movies, and so I'm going to buy a cheap seat, and then you get in there and you go, oh, my God, just the soundtrack, like, this, the cinematography, the soundtrack's amazing. And so you do the little South by doot-doot-doot, <laughs> but that you have to, like, upgrade in real time. You have to, like, pay to get that. I, I mean, I think it's like an airplane. I mean, a little bit, except if you did it in real time. Oh, man. We do that on, on planes, If you could just get away from that person that's asking you all yeah. those questions. It's like, hey, can, it, there, there are first class seats available. Can I move up? Some airlines will just charge you in real time for it. Um, others will tell you you got to sit back in the back of the plane where you bought the cheap seat. Yeah. And uh, people were fascinated. That's, okay. That's something. I, on that, okay, a little bit of feedback. It's a, hilarious what we get feedback on don't. What did I do? So the main bit of feedback we had a couple of weeks ago was nobody noticed that we, we weren't on. Right. But then I had a lot of people say, no, I did notice that you weren't on. I just, I, just thought some, I thought something <laughs> catastrophic had happened to one of you. And then I was like, well, why didn't you reach out and see if we were okay? So oh, there we go. It was okay. a bit like that thing I did a few weeks ago where I said we were having a closing down sale. And we didn't talk about this. I'm still in trouble for that. I just, wanna, <laughs> I just want you so to know. So for by background, we were, we were actually expanding. We had, we've taken some additional office space and we were moving furniture around to furnish some of that new space. And I posted a photograph that showed the picture of our team moving desks around and I said closing down sale. It was something like that. I forget what it was. And we had lots of people reach out and make sure we were okay and see if we wanted help. And then we had a fair number of others that within minutes were attempting to buy the leftover scraps of our business, including could they pick up any client projects? <laughs> could they hire our staff? Could they get uh -huh. our furniture? We had a couple of people knock on the door. Yeah. Um, so it's a good exercise in just Understanding where those relationships live, from the help to the, um, the uh, what do you call those birds that eat on the vultures? Yeah, but there's a name for the whole category of people who live on scavengers. No, vultures. it'll come back to me anyway. It's uh, so why was I going with that? I don't know. Scab I've lost it. Oh, feedback. Yes. So uh, to our point about bags on planes 
and I was suggesting you were charged to take them in the cabin. Oh, no! Oh my word! That. No, but I was just—I wasn't saying you couldn't. I was just saying you should pay for it. But that, to me, proves that people would pay for it because they're so passionate about taking planes on board. That's that's what I planes mean about the movie You theaters. don't take planes on planes. No, you take bags that, on planes. That's what I mean about the movie theaters. Like, there's this. Uh, Actually, let me revise my previous statement okay. that the average person doesn't understand business. They do understand business, okay. and they know that it, they should probably be charged for a thing that they're not currently being charged for. And as soon as that recalibration happens, they get up in arms. Not because it doesn't make sense, because yep. it makes their life inconvenient. And so we are selfish before there's an acknowledgement that somebody else has to make a decision so we can continue to have services rendered. So all of the movie theater up in arms are the people who still go to movie theaters. Right? Like if the movie theater has to change their model to accommodate a decline in attendance hmm. at movie theaters, it is going to inconvenience the people who still go there. But they'd rather it not change without acknowledging that if it doesn't, movie theaters will cease to exist. I think similarly, airlines, everybody who responded, myself included, I would hate if airlines charged for me to take my bag on board. But there is an acknowledgement that if we are charged to take our bags on board, it actually makes our lives a little easier. So we are constantly sandwiched between selfish and uh, convenient for me with an acknowledgement of the underlying economics that might require a change. If we change the way we took bags on board, you and I would likely be paying for those bags and always have a slot above because yeah. we paid for it. But currently it's free and it'd be really cool if it stayed free. That doesn't make our lives easier, but it makes our lives more convenient in the micro. And I, that trade-off of- Well, and let's just be honest, you'd get it for free because somewhere on some some register you're listed as an influencer, so you just get given free stuff anyway. So real life never actually hits you. Okay, on, that, on that realm, reverse innovations. Ooh. You had added to the re reverse innovations. So this is a section where we talk about if if the new thing was the old thing, we'd like the old thing as a new innovation. But you put down here Delta Airlines as augmented reality. What's that? What's that all about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Since um, we're talking about airlines. So the augmented reality, Del Delta has come out with a, um, I suppose, parallel reality experience. It's, it's, it is cool from an application of technology standpoint. Okay. Um, so there's this kind of portal. Imagine uh, – a, a mini version of one of those Roman portals in Paris or in New York, et cetera. Um, you kind of walk through this archway and as the um, kind of near field technology of your phone gets triggered, it brings a heads up display as you walk through okay. this kind of human sized Like arch. a tunnel. Almost, yeah, yeah, like the security kind of thing yeah, you yeah, walk yeah. through, okay. going through security. And so as you walk through it, it pings your phone, your phone pings it back, it pulls a heads up display that gives you the on time arrival of your next flight, gate number, et cetera. So you walk just through it. Just your information. Just you. And so okay. you couldn't, if you were walking next to me and you walked just on the outside, you wouldn't, wouldn't see anything. Okay. But as I walk through, so it's part uh, from my perspective and part triggered by my, I wouldn't say biometrics, but the unique signature of my phone. And so it's this awesome thing. But if you never walk through that, do you have that information at your disposal? And so what I would expect is we'll have these really cool widgets throughout airports yeah. and people will derive enjoyment from them. And then we'll realize that having the printed physical boarding pass that makes sure we know where we are and when we're supposed to be there, at what time, in what seat, is actually the most practical way for us to have that information. So, I, so you're essentially saying the ticker board, yeah. if they had it. Yeah. No, I agree because I do this already. I, I look at my app on my phone for uh -huh. my travel, 
Yeah. Much like I look at my watch. You know, you look at your watch and then somebody says, what time is it? And yeah, you, yeah, you can never no recall. Idea, yeah, yeah. So I always do that. Which gate is it? I look at it. I forget immediately. Oh. Then look at one of the boards, which works in this amazing fashion. You Incredible. know where you're going. Yeah. And you know the alphabet. Yep. And you, your eyes scroll down. And in bright letters, it says where to go. Yeah. yeah no, the ticker board. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. My app never That's updates. Great. And I'll pull it up on the jet bridge. And then I'll get onto the plane having put it away and forget what seat I'm supposed to be. I'm like, 100%. Like, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. So Delta's pushing the envelope on application of creative technology I love good for them I think we'll get to a place where my physical boarding pass yeah. is also still helpful alright let's come on to uh, pointless plug of the week Ooh, uh, which we, we haven't done for a little while um, I'm going to do this Okay, it's a, it's a really simple one I've used this for years capitalizemytitle.com oh. um, it is it is a very simple website big fan of very simple websites you type in your uh, the title of the document that you're writing and then you select the writing style AP, Economist, New York Times, et cetera. And it will, it will capitalize it according to that. And I'll show you how to do it, which is great. Uh, yeah, and please. for those people who are like, oh, you should just know how to capitalize a title, I challenge you, go into capitalizemytitle.com and select different writing styles, and it will give you very different capitalization. So per the AP, APA, Chicago, MLA, I don't know what BB is. Uh, British something, I'd imagine, or AMA. Yeah, you except they capitalized my title.com is spelt with a Z instead of an S, so we'll we'll give them a pass on that, given that I guess the author's there American, but it's just... Okay. On. All right, okay, moving on. So that's your plug. Yeah. I kind of love it. It's, yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a tool that... Well, it's very simple. I'll yeah. leave it at that. Um, then some discoveries as we move to our etiquette section. What have um, you discovered? <laughs> I discovered... That is this like Christopher Columbus discovered, but it was already always well, been here? actually, in the sense that I was just lost. <laughs> and I like because I love that Christopher Columbus thing. Like, did Christopher Columbus discover the Americas, or was he this lost Portuguese bloke that got to the, the wrong Americans place, helped. didn't realize he yeah. was in the wrong place, named it the wrong thing? thing. Like, on all fronts, it was yeah, okay. just a disaster. So, yeah. how did you did, is this a real discovery? Well, I Scott? sort of tripped over this. Ah, here the, we go, Christopher the, Columbus. So, so gerrymander, yeah. Right, is is named after who's Jerry? Uh, so it was it was a guy that was trying to create a congressional district, and it looked like a salamander. The shape of it, it was so <laughs> nonsensical, and it became gerrymander. Okay, so we now use that as gerrymander, almost like gate now. Any any controversy, it's suffixed with gate, which just came from yeah. Watergate. Yeah, it's just yeah, the yeah. hotel at hotel complex and office complex that they broke into. So okay, Elb- Elbridge Gary, Jerry, excuse me, he was the vice president of the United. States. Oh, he was the vice president of the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As the but it was a salamander, right? Did you? Was, yeah, uh, mythological salamander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's where gerrymander. But it's not Jerry Rig. If you mm. fix something up. I always thought it was jerry rig. Mm. Is that, is it, yeah, it's jury rig. Huh. Uh-huh. Really? Look at that, Perry. Now I've got his attention. His go. hat's staying on. He's not leaning back. He's not rolling up his sleeves. We might actually have a great Jury rig. Uh, I always yeah. thought it was jerry rig. But now I can't remember the background to the phrase. I really need to add more detail to these notes. Yeah. I think it was to do with jury, rigging a jury. And so you jury rig something. But we pronounce it jerry rig. Both of our countries do. There we go. Jerry, yeah. It's jury rig and gerrymander. Jury rig and gerrymander walk into a pub. And there's a white horse behind the bar. And they say, why the long face? Similar. A replacement mast often referred to as a jury mast. Um, so, yeah. The, the adjective of the use of jury, makeshift or temporary. Huh. 
This is fascinating. There we go. I like it. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, and then let's move on to Envoy Tank Radio. We haven't done this for for a couple of weeks. So this is our section where we passionately believe that not enough civilians understand anything about the military world. And so as, as non, as civilians who get to interact with various militaries on a regular basis, this is our attempt to translate. I was going to talk about Starlink. I feel like Elon, we've, it's, it's inevitable. We talk about, um, I've forgotten his name. Elon Musk. Elon, 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 Elaine, 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 Yes, why does Starlink matter? So everybody gets excited about Tesla and everybody gets excited about SpaceX. I would posit the company that is founded by Elon Musk that everybody should watch is Starlink, the satellite company. Okay. And if you look at the imagery of how they launch these things, it is these tiny, tiny little satellites and they're released in a train. They run th- like trains through the sky and they are visible from Earth. Yep. You can see these things at night and increasingly if you see... Uh, a trail of stars or even a shooting star, you're probably not seeing a shooting star, you're seeing a trail of Starlink satellites. And they are providing some fundamental capabilities to the Ukrainian military. And so that is why everybody in the foreign policy community is actually watching Elon Musk's tweets about his opinions about Russia and Ukraine, partly because the technology that it's running and the US government is picking up the tab for most of this. Um, He's not necessarily losing money on it, but does get to determine whether it's available to the Ukrainians. And the key aspect of this is that each one, if I'm understanding this correctly, each of those Starlinks is individually encrypted in terms of the message. Mm -hmm. So because they're tiny, tiny satellites, the Russians don't need to intercept one link to a major satellite. They have to de-encrypt all of them or yeah. each individual message as it's going through. So it's a very, very secure system, uh, at least for, for the civilian world, that is absolutely critical to what the Ukrainians are doing, not just in terms of communications, but all of the um, all of the tracking, scanning, connecting to those drones, the drone footage that well, we see so is that, all through Starlink connections. Though, they, pulled, uh, they pulled Ukrainian access to drone control or the Ukrainians' ability to control drones because the system was never meant to be weaponized. And so there's this interesting oh, he went ethical conversation yeah, happening did that, as we privatize space, so as we're thinking different... And, and so, I, I mean, this is an ongoing conversation, but that the overarching message that, uh, well, the space wars, space force mm-hmm. type of conversation, how do we weaponize space? What does that mean? What are the implications for people on the ground? If it's easy to connect to Starlink, but we have people controlling drones, putting in tactical hits in various places, like uh, what do we do with that? And do we have structure, ethical structure, We've been talking ethics a lot this the past probably month as we think about cybersecurity and a couple other. Just to be clear, yeah. we've been talking ethics with clients because everybody's <laughs> going to laugh at the idea that you and I, of all people, have been traveling around the planet just talking just ethics. Thinking about yeah. it, lecturing on, on ethics. <laughs> no, but, but the ethics of new technology, as we talk about reverse innovation, I think, um, as we think about forward-looking innovation, chat, GPT, there, there continues to be this running thread of, okay, because we can, does that mean we will do it well versus um, make decisions purely predicated on economics rather than the greater good. So it looks like SpaceX is coming down on the quote-unquote right side of this Well, right Starlink, now. so not Starlink SpaceX. Product. So Different. that's yeah. part, of his, part of his magic is it's SpaceX that launches the Starlink, but they're separate things. And yeah, he's 
in terms of moving money and assets around, he, he makes Richard Branson look very slow. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about Elon Musk anymore. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> great. Um, we have a, a running list. All right, let's do um, let's do two more and then let people get back to. Um, can we take one more etiquette piece? Because okay. particularly right. as the pace of our business is very real. That's right because now. etiquette really translates to things we just want to whine about, and then this list is getting very long. Just putting this to the top of your inbox. Yep. How do you feel about that? Phrase, I hate that Scott? phrase. Okay, I tell hate me that why. Phrase. Because tell me why. It's so, I get this quite a lot. Hey, I'm just putting this email to the top of your inbox. And it, it is, it, for me, just a way of saying, just bloody reply to my email. It's more important than the other things. And I have some alternatives that people could write that okay. we haven't talked about. What would you say alternative to just putting this to the top of your inbox? So I think, look, if you're doing that, it's because it's important to you, right? The, whatever the reply to that email is, it's important to you. I think if it's internal, you work for the, you work alongside that person, you work for the same organization. Yeah. A better turn of phrase would be, is there anything I can take off your plate that would help you free up the time to reply to this message? Yeah, I think that would be the right way. Because if you're working with people you trust, if you're not working with people you trust yeah. who are diligently doing their work, don't ask their opinion about anything. Don't send them an email to review. Yeah. If you do, the odds are that the person isn't replying to it because they're, they're drowning or they can't get to it as a priority because there are other priorities. Okay. So yeah. offer up some help. So offer help if it's internal with a peer, a colleague, yeah. somebody you collaborate with. Also, I think partner. it also serves the same purpose of being like, just bloody reply to my email, please. Sure. It's just a little <laughs> bit more polite. The other one, I had a thought for the external, which was um, it would be like – What would be the outcome? Like what, what do you want to accomplish with this external turn of phrase? Before you like put words yeah, to yeah. the phrase. Yeah, so, yeah. So, look, if, if, if we were sending that to a client, or we're, I mean, mm -hmm. I receive it from people who do work yeah. for us. Um, oh, God, at some point, can we talk about can we have coffee? As a, mm. Add that to the list. <laughs> Not for now. Um, but the, in terms of the, you're wanting to move something forward. Yeah. I think a good turn of phrase would be, there's some time criticality about this. Is there a way I can help move this forward, right? Or is there somebody else that can make this decision on your behalf? Is there a different presentation of this information that would make it easier for you? Um, feel free to send me a voice message and reply to this. Like something that is like un at least recognizing the workload that the other party is under as a way versus just putting this to the top of your inbox, which by definition is just adding to the person's load because now they have a duplicate email in there and so there, there's a this was your rant and I just took I'm sorry mate I took no, all of not. the energy from I that I don't think I put this here no you did I don't know oh no, we're I doing that have. yeah hey okay. welcome to the no I, I say there's, this there's yeah. a school of thought that says assume positive intent um, I don't subscribe I don't do that do you that. do that no we oh, should we should do a not. trust episode trust falls on the episode yeah. No. Um, no. I mean, yeah, what you said. If we were to do trust falls, do you know when we do leadership retreats? Yeah. I'd have everybody land on their ass and go, may that be a lesson to you. Earn <laughs> somebody's trust. <laughs> There's your exercise. <laughs> if you ever see trust fall as a client on oh, an agenda raft designed, exercise, You know where they build a raft or uh -huh. a swimming pool, then just pull out a cannon and sink everybody and go think harder before you do that. Have the right materials before you Why go. Why would you build a raft in 30 oh, we minutes? we could do That's a crazy. whole... Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. No, but the uh, that school of Thought, assume positive intent. I don't often subscribe to, but I will take this one and say I think it comes from – if it's genuine, comes from a good place. Hey, I'm acknowledging that this email that I sent 
a week ago has gotten buried because you have a raft of things on your plate. I'm bringing it up in the top of the queue so you know it's there. It's helpful for me for you to know it's there. So it's part self-serving, but it feels like there's supposed to be this acknowledgement of your workload. What I'm hearing from you is just say that. Hey, I know you're swamped. Can I give this to you differently? Like, I need a response here. Yeah. So it's part owning the selfishness. I'm not doing you a favor because you're busy bringing this to the top. I'm doing me a favor. So I need this thing answered. Clearly, you don't have the bandwidth for it. How can I help you get to a place where I have information here? And that it, just being honest about it might be helpful because you get into this corporate passive-aggressive bullshit, which is, let me surface this thing for you. Just circling back. Do you have a response yet? No. <laughs> when I have a response, you'll have my response, you know? And so I, what I'm hearing from my rant that you took is your rant and is now back to my rant is just own the communication and, like, shoot it straight. Hey, this was a week ago. I'm waiting. You're my blocker right now. Can you give me a response? Can I give you a quick ring? We can talk through this in two minutes. That'd be awesome. Like, I can send back, yeah, I've got an hour. That would make everybody's life easier. Just bringing it to the top of the inbox, it ends up in the same endless do loop that it got to the bottom of my inbox for. Yeah. The, There's something there. I mean, let's let's use this to plug our own content here because we teach in our exec programs a uh, concept known as A, B, and C, right? Mm -hmm. Which is present the problem, then present three solutions, B being your balanced recommendation, A being a more aggressive version, and C being a more conservative. I mean, if people did that, it makes it much easier to, I mean, I w when people do that with me, I will just reply B mm -hmm. or C and go with it. Um, or if it's as simple as like, send me a, a Y for proceed and no for don't or a, or a M for more information. What a, I, there's there's got to be a better way. If only there was a firm who could put together Best things to imagine. That's something we'll end up talking um, about. But back to that, back to that dead time. Yeah. So a company that we've praised in the past is Calendly.com. Yeah. Which I'd love to change its name because I can't pronounce it. But other than the fact that I can't say the word Calendly.com, is I've I've thought about I've been thinking about dead time quite a lot recently. If those opportunities where people want to have a conversation about something, you really want to talk to them, but there's literally a limit to your day of when you can do that but you know those opportunities where sort of your flight's delayed or you suddenly find yourself in car journey i'd love a button that i could press on google calendar or calendly that then posts to linkedin i'm free unexpectedly for the next 45 minutes if i owe you something this is a great time <laughs> like it could be tongue-in-cheek i'm a captive audience mm -hmm. on you know this freeway right now come grab it so i'm just throwing that out there you're welcome everybody calendly.com soon to be renamed if they build All it, right. Scott will use it. Let's let's do two more things and, and let people get back to their um I don't know, whatever they're doing. Can we get trying to distract can, we, can we get nerdy for a second sure. and pull in maybe the biggest nerd in the room right now, Perry. which is not you or I. Lord Young. You have a microphone, Perry. Lord Young, yeah. you sent me a thing this weekend. Uh, that I was really excited to get uh, uh, about single event upsets, which uh, I had no idea what that was, what it meant. Can you give me some background about single event upsets? Yes, yes, I can. So a single event upset is... I think that means Perry was on a date this weekend and it didn't go very well. <laughs> single event, yes. <laughs> single me, the event. She didn't dump me. It was upset. a single event upset. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Single event single was the event. upset. <laughs> So what is a single event upset actually, Perry? So a single event upset is uh, the technical term when ionized particles from deep space make it all the way through the atmosphere to the, the Earth's, the planet's 
uh, to the ground here, to our computer systems, to our computer chips, to the nodes that control the ones and zeros between a yes or no. And when it does do that, it can impact the outcome of a computer process all the way down to what happened in Belgium some years ago. Uh, the voting uh, results for one candidate were shown 4,000 extra votes. It's more votes than that person or than that uh, sector had people. And that was only because one particle changed one zero to a one and it went from 79 votes to 4,000 votes. So the next time you have a weird issue with your piece of electronic equipment, whether it's your phone, your computer, uh, or even uh, your TV or what have you, it might be a stray particle from deep space coming in and messing up your day. And it's called what? Single, Single event, event upset. Single event upset. So <clears throat> if we can timestamp that little speech, and next weekend when Perry again is dumped by his date for a single event upset. We can just send them this link and it explains why they're so boring. Hey, hey. Or or we can we can send them a link and say, she did text you back. You just didn't get it. It was a single event. So no, 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 no. The, 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 like, no, this is genuinely interesting. <laughs> yes. Right so, now everybody's like, oh, you guys just leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave Perry alone is going to be he the hashtag. Completely yeah. defend this, himself. This week, he doesn't yes. need any protection for anybody So we're else. talking... High, high energy particles coming in from space, basically hitting our devices and changing a zero to a one. That That's thing. why we get that blue screen of death, et cetera, on our computers. Yeah. Sometimes it's not a bad update or this company sucks or, or, or it's just a single event upset. Some particle hit my computer or my, Mac, my laptop or my uh, iPad, shifted a thing, and now I've got to reset it or it'll work on the fritz. And right. Fascinating. Yeah. <gasps> Even better. God. We timestamp this, put it on our website, and then when somebody says, just putting this back to your intro, I just say, I had a single I event had a update. a single event update. Upset. There Upset. Sorry. It's, it's a viable excuse. It's viable. Yeah. It's a, that is a, fascinating. To if only we knew somebody who worked with NASA on a regular basis who could ask about this question. NASA, we are sorry. Ace is going to be pounding you with questions about this Perry, in Texas in a couple of weeks. Next go. Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. Acor- life according to Perry. You know, they, like so it. the trouble with conspiracy theories, I remember working for my first boss who had a, a deep security clearance, um, like a deep, deep security clearance. And he said to me, hey, Scott, you've got to remember, you know, only one out of 10 of these conspiracy theories are true. <laughs> and then I, I sort of wandered along and said, but if you think about it, 10% is pretty high, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and, but, you know, I, it does give foundation to uh, things like this, I think, give foundation to some of those conspiracy theories. And I, I struggle with this sometimes because if in 1943 we were in New Mexico and somebody said, hey, in those mountains, they're developing this new type of energy that is essentially unlimited and could destroy a city with a single weapon, you'd be like, don't be not this ridiculous conspiracy theory. And then, of course, two years later, yeah. um, big boy and little boy. And appear. then somebody pops up and says the uh, pocket computer that you will carry one day will be disrupted and go on the fritz because of a uh, microscopic particle traveling at the speed of light from outer space. And you heard it here first. All right. Okay, well, I think we should finish here. I'm going to come okay. back to The Economist magazine. There was an article in – well, it's an article in the paper edition. If you get the digital, maybe it wasn't there. Who cares? Um, but it was talking about 
as we're sort of translating science to something that I can understand, um, formal or functional translation. This has been not this has been kicking around my head for the past few yeah. weeks since I read it. Is that and I'm a monolinguist. I don't speak more than one okay. language, which is is just terrible as a European to say that. Um, so I'm British. So why would we need to do that? We could just yell louder at our European friends. But the so the difference between formal and functional translation. So formal translation is essentially a literal translation of the word. And functional translation is related to the intent or the purpose of the word. So for instance, if I were to, uh, let's use you for this. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Lord. If you were to say that somebody's work was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a formal translation in a foreign language, if it was to French, it might say it was bon. It was good, mm -hmm. right? That was, mm -hmm. it was, it's fine. That's right. But of course, when you say fine, yeah. You mean the opposite of fine. I do. You mean, you mean that mean person's that. on a performance review and on their way out of the door is what you mean when you say their work is fine. Yep. So a, a functional translation would translate to it being less than good, yeah. right? Significantly less than good. Yep. So that's the difference. But so then we take holy books. So the Bible, for instance, was translated. The Old Testament was translated from Aramaic and Hebrew. Uh, actually, both, both. Yeah. No, no. The Old Testament, Hebrew and Aramaic, and the New Testament from Aramaic to Greek, and then to Latin, and then to English. So, based upon whether the interpretations, even if you believe every word in the Bible, depending upon the variable trans work of the translator, whether they took a formal or a functional translation, just raises all of these questions around the words that were written in the first place. Yeah. And it's not for it to have a conversation about holy books and their intent, but the Quran is typically read in its original script. Mm -hmm. It's encouraged to be read in its original script with the Bible. And of course, we have different English ver versions as well. We've got the King James and different iterations of it. But that led me to think about business translations. Mm. And actually, this comes a lot comes up a lot with Sinology, the study of the Chinese, the yeah, study of the yeah. Chinese government, yeah. is that uh, Mandarin Chinese is such a sophisticated language that the this offers huge distinctions between what might be meant, and particularly as President Xi is in Moscow right now, yeah. ne potentially negotiating a peace peace settlement over Ukraine or, or promoting one as the Chinese get involved in international diplomacy. Then actually a lot depends on this. Are we doing a formal or functional translation? Of course, what you aim for is a functional translation of foreign affairs. Yeah, but I but it's but it, I mean Spanish lends itself uh, I think well. I've seen um, examples of this. De nada means you're welcome. Formally, functionally, it's nothing. Right. Uh, the same happens with Mariana, yeah. and you talk about this sometimes. <laughs> well, no. So that's that's a joke by a friend of mine that is it's a Brit who lives in Spain who says. Manana doesn't mean tomorrow, it means not today. <laughs> there we go. But, but there's a yeah. cultural trend. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's important. And understanding what terms we're translating on is important for both parties so we can move forward. And, and that very much is our world. So um, this isn't about holy books. This is about understanding what somebody on the other side is actually saying so we can do something like that. Hey, I'm going to – can we add something to the list? Sure. I've always wanted to talk about and never have. Can we talk about words that – it is acceptable for white non-American men to say to black men and not acceptable for white American men to say to black men. Can I just park that for a few yeah. Yeah. I think wow. that might be a thing. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna park it. And I'm gonna make sure your name is attached to this <laughs> note, so I remember nothing, you came up with nothing. Nothing can go wrong on this subject. Okay, well, until we get back to what American white American men versus foreign white men can say to black men, I think we park here for the day, and we see these folks next week. <laughs> How about that? Just in case anybody was wondering, an air fryer is not a thing. We'll see you next week. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>